Good morning. Welcome to this week's podcast. This is worship for March 8th. It's the second Sunday in Lent. We begin with prayer. Oh God, you know exactly what we need, even when we ourselves do not. Grant us the vision and strength to live as you have taught us, true disciples of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the 10th chapter of Mark. Jesus and his disciples were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. They were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise again. James and John, sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. They came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, the blind man sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, Bartimaeus regained his sight and followed him on the way. Well, I don't know about you, but at this point, I'm wondering, really, what more is there to be said about this business of the last will be first and the first last? This is the third time in a row we've heard Jesus say this. Jesus seems to keep repeating himself to get his disciples to see what he's talking about. Does he think they're blind? Well, apparently, yes. The section of Mark we've been dealing with over the last several weeks begins and ends with a story about healing a blind man. Those stories help us interpret what's in between. The first story about healing a blind person wasn't actually included in our readings, although I'm now kind of wishing it had been. It's an odd story, the only one like it, really. In that story, Jesus and his disciples come into the village of Bethsaida. Some people bring a blind man to Jesus and ask him for healing. Jesus takes the man out of the village, spits in the dirt, and puts the resulting mud on the man's eyes. Then Jesus asked the man if he can see. The man said, I can sort of see. I see people, but they look like trees walking around. So Jesus touched the man's eyes again, and only then is his vision completely restored. 
It's the only two-stage healing in all of the Bible. Then at the end of the section, we read the story about the healing of blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus gets healed all in one shot. In between the two stories about healing the blind is this whole journey with Jesus and his disciples. They're walking toward Jerusalem, and Jesus keeps trying to get them to understand what's going to happen. He'll be arrested, tortured, and killed, and on the third day rise. And he'll tell them that to follow him, they'll be asked to take up a cross too. Power, the Jesus way, is in fact laying aside our own self-interest and even our lives for the sake of others, especially for the vulnerable and suffering. And every time the disciples promptly say something that shows they're still blind to what Jesus wants them to see. So today, Jesus tells them for the third time what's going to happen to him. But it's like James and John don't even hear him. They are blinded by a way of thinking about power that they can't let go of. They ask Jesus for positions of status in a world in which everything is going to be flipped upside down. The last will be first and the first last. Whoever wants to be the greatest must become a slave to all. But they can't see it. All they can see is themselves sitting in the reflected glow of Jesus' glory. But here's the thing, if they truly follow Jesus, it's not reflected glory they'll share with Jesus, at least not for now. Instead, it will be the same suffering and sacrifice, the same cup of sorrow and baptism of death that Jesus experienced. The disciples, and frankly, we too, live in a world in which we believe there are winners and losers, and we believe that being a winner is preferred to being a loser. And if we can't be a winner, we can back the winners. In the Roman system of patronage, if you back someone in power, you got a little bit of that power too. That's what James and John are aiming for. In the world system, we're always looking for the edge that gets us a little closer to the top. A world of winners and losers has always kind of made sense to us. It seems fair to us. We want our abilities to be rewarded. We want to win at the game of life. The alternative to that seems like while losing. But it's that whole paradigm, that whole worldview of winners and losers that Jesus upends. Instead of winners, Jesus calls us to be really losers, holy losers. Jesus calls us to be a people whose goal is not glory for ourselves, but rather a community in which everyone gets what they need to live. A community in which there aren't winners and losers, but only people loved by God and by each other. What would a world like that be like? If all who led or ruled in some way adopted this idea of being servant to all the people they lead, we would be in a different place than we are now. If all who have wealth were willing to give up a substantial amount of it to truly end poverty, we would be in a different place. If all of us were committed to serving others and not just the people who can pay us back or somehow give us more status, we'd be in a different place. If all of us, including those who society considers losers, were treated as persons of value, we'd be in a different place. But the ways of the world blind us. We're blinded by our own desire for glory. We're we're blinded by our own shame and guilt and feelings of unworthiness. We're blind to the fact that we are God's beloved and that God has important things for us to do. We're blinded by a world where might makes right. We're blinded by a world that tries to get us to see ourselves only in terms of what we can accomplish or what we own. We're blinded by a furious need to be right and a belief that those who don't agree are either wrong or worse, lying. We are blinded by a world that creates winners and losers, and we fight to be a winner. And at the same time, we're desperately afraid we might be losers. So let's just kind of sum up and really bluntly about Jesus' vision in this section of Mark. 
First, Jesus said that the way, of li- way to life is the way of the cross. The way to life is by dying to our self-interest for the sake of the world. Jesus picked up a little child and said, whoever welcomes the most vulnerable and insignificant among us is in fact welcoming Jesus himself. Jesus told a rich man that the only way to tap into the power of eternal life was not by keeping the commandments, but instead by being willing to shed his attachment to wealth and to give it up for the sake of the poorest so that a new way of life could be born for all. Today, Jesus tells us that in the way of life he calls us to, we are to be servants of all. You'd think it wouldn't be hard for us to see, but it is. We're sort of like the first blind man in this section of Mark, the one who at first could only sort of see. We sort of see how this should all work. We get glimpses of the unfolding kingdom of God. We get glimpses of a world where all serve one another in love and where the least and lowest are lifted up. We get honest glimpses of ourselves and how much God loves us no matter what the world tells us about ourselves. We get glimpses of our connection to God and to one another and to creation itself. But for now, we're still sometimes blinded by the way things are in a world. This section of Mark's gospel begins with a partial healing of blindness, but it ends with the promise of complete healing. This section ends with a blind man who simply wants to see again. And Jesus heals him. The healing of blind Bartimaeus gives hope that maybe one day the disciples too will see clearly what Jesus is trying to teach them. And as we too struggle along this way of becoming disciples, Blind Bartimaeus gives us the hope that we too can more clearly see what Jesus wants us to and to step out in faith behind him. Amen. For your prayer intentions this week, I would invite you to pray for uh, for clearer vision, for a vision of the world Jesus is working to bring into being. Um, I would also invite you in the, this time where we people are concerned about the COVID-19 virus, that we pray for uh, calmness, but but also pray for uh, people to be willing to do their parts. In the meantime, wash your hands and uh, avoid contact with people as much as possible, uh, but don't live in fear. Thanks for listening.